Okay, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the IndyCar Fan Podcast. And I am back with Michael Henderson to review... The High V Deals 250 and the High V Salute to Farmers 300. Yeah, it's going to be tough. There was a lot of laughs, man. <laughs> this was a big IndyCar weekend. 550 laps of racing. I'm, you know, my head was spinning. I can't imagine being one of the drivers. <laughs> yeah. But it was awesome. I wish I would have been there. I mean, Hy-Vee is the new sponsor, really took charge and, you know, took over that track and built all those suites and put on yeah. concerts. And it just looked amazing. The suites looked awesome. And yeah, they brought in the um, the live music, big concerts. I think they had a couple of just on-site grocery stores set up too. So if you were camping at the track, you didn't ever have to leave. It was quite the event. I mean, what a what an awesome setup for fans too. I mean, you've got two, you know, complete races, 250 laps plus 300 laps. The concerts, you know, going to no, we don't see that many ovals anymore. Yeah. And when you're when you're at a track like that, you see a hundred percent of the track. Right. <laughs> so, you know, see everything. Yeah. It's um, full on sensory overload. That's yeah, what I was sensory thinking. Sensory overload. Yeah. Well, it was three races really because there was a great Indy Lights race that mm. ran on Saturday before the the Indy Car race. Being able to interview with Maddie Brabham, I was extra tuned in. Yeah, to that we were race watching that time. race really closely. <laughs> God damn! It was like, come on, Matt, you're gonna. You know, he, he was so close to so winning close. the race. He drove an amazing race. Started near the back and made his way through and. Just, you know, with about five laps to go. Yeah, kind of got pinched into the wall. Making a pass for the lead. So if you if you didn't listen to last week's episode, check it out. It's a great interview. And if you did listen to last week's episode... Um, I hope you saw that lights race too, because yeah, <laughs> Matt went and tear, he tore it up in the race, you know, just shortly after we talked to him. So he did. that's pretty cool. All right. Well, we got two races to talk about, so let's not waste any time here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm got to admit I'm a little bit overwhelmed. There's two grids. There's I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, well, let's let's start with the strategy because you know Iowa's it seems like a pretty old surface. It's definitely rough, bumpy, abrasive, and tires go off well before the fuel runs out. And you know, it's a it's been this way for a couple years now, but it's about as dramatic as we've ever seen in IndyCar, I think. So. For the race on Saturday, you could do the race on two stops, which would be 84 laps on fuel or three 63 laps on fuel. But, um, you know, 20 or so laps, I mean, even 10 laps into a tire stint, I think they had already lost about like seven tenths to a full second on lap time. So tire fall off was really what strategy was centered around. Yeah, I mean, it was really dramatic. You could see on the first round of stops, you know, when they had we had that early crash. Or, well, it wasn't a crash. It was a spin from Jimmy. But Jimmy put fresh tires on and just cooked through the field. It was it was really dramatic. And that was only after 20 laps of green flag. So yeah, the, the tire degradation was definitely intense. Yeah, I was thinking at that point, if you... I mean, I don't know how many sets of tires they get for the entire weekend. But after we saw that first stint, I was like, man... Anytime you get t 20 laps into a tire stint, if a yellow comes out, it seems like it's it's a net gain to come in and put them on, even if you're like the leader of the race. It's because there's, you know, fresh tires are so much faster than worn tires after just 10 laps or so. So the qualifying times, I believe the speeds were about, well, it depends on where you are in the stint, but the middle of the stint, guys were running laps and race laps around 155. 
So um, I forget what the pole position times were, but I think they were up around 167. Yeah, I can look real quick. 178. 178. Yeah. So we're talking 20 mile an hour difference. Yeah. And they really didn't even have time to, to dramatically change their qualifying setup to the race setup, at least on, on race one. Yeah. They, they were impounded after qualifying, and then they were only allowed to make some minor changes, wing changes, and things like that. So that's crazy. <laughs> Over 20 mile an hour fall off just because of dag. Yeah, it is crazy. And, and you know, when you consider a, a lap is under 20 seconds, it, <laughs> it, it happens fast, right? You start losing, you start losing ground and all of a sudden you're, you're going to go down a lap Yeah, or you're going to get passed by a bunch of people. I mean, it's yeah. So tire dag, <laughs> it's, it's the talk of the weekend, but uh, if we just, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of laps to cover, like we said. So let's just go right into the start of the of race number one. I don't know if you have anything on the starting grid you want to pull up or talk about. No, and by the way, we're on vacation together. We don't have our, <laughs> our normal computers. I don't have a printer. I mean, so I'm trying to... Okay. I, I will say this. Connor Daly starting third in race one was, was an impressive, you know, it was really impressive qualifying run for him. And he started on the pole, I think, last time we were here. So yeah. maybe it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. Looks like uh, Maluka started sixth. I mean, outside of row three. Yep. And um, uh, Harvey was right behind him in seventh. For RLL, that was, you know, they really need that. So especially being, carrying the sponsorship, the high V colors. Yeah. You know, they needed that kind of good showing. Yeah, definitely. So I think we should also say um, the 11 car now, I think hasn't been on the grid for a couple races because, you know, basically they haven't been getting the sponsorship money. But we were back to 26 cars this weekend with Ed Carpenter showing up, running the 33. Yeah, it was a shame not to have J.R. Hildebrand there because I went back and, well, first of all, I listened to his podcast. He does; They have a phenomenal podcast. Yeah. So J.R. does an amazing job. And he was talking about you know his own driving experience at Iowa and how he's just comfortable there. And I looked and he, he had run up near the front and almost won the race a couple of times. So yeah, it was a shame to not have him in there in the Foy car, although who knows what would have happened. And, you know, based on Kirkwood's, where he was in the running order and his results, who knows what would happen, but you never know. I mean, you never know. It could have been the boost that they needed to keep, keep the sponsors happy. <laughs> uh, probably would have been a huge boost. I mean, he knows the place, he knows setups. Yeah. So that was a big loss from the grid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I also don't think where you start in this race is too important because as we saw, and as we've already talked about tire deck is what's really important. And it's pretty easy to pass around here. A couple, um, probably two or three racing lines that can all be utilized to, um, you know, maximum efficiency. Yeah. I would say for sure. Two lines. Yeah. High line, low line. And then if you really want to push the, the envelope, you just squeeze up a little higher down a little lower. And there were definitely some three wide passes. Well, we saw on. it. Yeah. We I saw mean, it on the start of the race. <laughs> I mean, Erickson started the race on Saturday. Erickson ripped around the outside, like the way outside from, and went from 12th to eighth, I think on the very first lap. And, uh, you know, the way outside could only be used for a few laps until the marbles built up out there. But still, I mean, the where the track was rubbered in was well up off the bottom of, of uh, you know, basically the bottom where the apron is. So, yeah, and it was fast up there. It was also cool to see people, you know, even if you're running by yourself, you don't necessarily hug the bottom. Or I mean, everybody had their own line yeah. based on the way their car was feeling or whether or not they were trying. I know they were all trying to save tires and it seemed like 
the higher line would probably be better, but I mean, it's just, people just ran wildly different lines. I mean, even if you're out there by yourself, you might be up on the high line. So, yeah. Well, so the start of the race on Saturday, it looked like power and new garden kind of bounced off each other, rolling to the green, but otherwise it was clean and we got 17 laps into it. And then Johnson spun out from 14th, kept it out of the wall. I couldn't believe when I saw the replay of the start though, when they were rolling up to, to, you know, accelerate into the green. Yeah. The two Penske's rubbing each other. Yeah. I, don't, it, I don't know if it was an accident, a mistake, or if it was just aggressive, you know, here it's, I am and get out of my way kind of thing. But I was, I, I couldn't believe that. That didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I, I know you, I don't think I've ever really seen that before, but I think it's just two ultra competitive guys, you know, ready to go. And I think they, I'm sure they knew they could get away with it too at those speeds. You're right. So, well, I guess. So you never know though. I mean, you bang into each other. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but power ends up leading. And then, like you said, we go to only lap 17 before Jimmy Johnson loops it. Yeah. And when I first saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Johnson again. But I mean, this was really interesting. This set up a really, really interesting next stint. And this was the first, I think, I forget how long we went after this stint. I think it was a while before the next yellow came out. Looks like lap 111 is when the next yellow came out. So we got a round of green flag stops in after this restart on lap 22 for Jimmy's spin. But what happens here, so Johnson spins from 14th, right? Actually does a great job to keep it out of the wall. The pits open on lap 21, and Herda leads the guys that want to top up in from 13th place. Dixon comes in from 15th, and then you've got Eilat, Lundgaard, Castro Neves, Johnson, who spun coming in. He spun down to 21st. Ray Hall, Kirkwood, Carpenter, and Kellett, they all come in. And then on this next stint, these guys are just flying. I mean, they the guys who didn't stop only had 17 green flag laps on their tires, but they were just left, you know, it seemed like they were left in the dust here. I was mostly focused on Johnson at this point because like you, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Jim, Jimmy spun it. He got lucky not to hit the wall. This could be a struggle, but he was just on fire from there. Yep. And there was a lot of in-car stuff. Um, they were talking about him a lot on TV. He closed up and eventually passed Dixon, passed Pelot. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was pretty incredible, really. But what I didn't notice is at the same time, Herta went all the way up had, you know, dusted all those guys off and moved all the way up to third. Yep. And and basically he decided to pit when all the um the other front runners who didn't pit on lap twenty, he pitted with them. Right. So he almost the whole thing almost went unnoticed. But man, he he charged all the way up there and was challenging for, you know, a, a second place. Yeah, well they called it out on TV. He uh I think around lap thirty seven he started the race in 17th and I think it was 13th when the yellow came out and he topped up. And I don't remember exactly where he came out after he topped up. We can look at the lap chart real quick. It looks like he restarted in 16th in 16th, but just, you know, how many laps after the restart is that like 15 or 20, he was all the way up to sixth. So it's a net gain already. And he was, you know, he, he peaked at third on this stint. So yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so at that point, I was like, I don't know how many sets of tires these guys have, but I think anytime you're 20 or 25 laps into a stint and a yellow comes out, it's probably worth coming in for fresh tires. And I'm sure after that pr that early precedent was set, I, I bet every team thought the same thing for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Fortunately, there, weren't, there really weren't that many yellows. No, it was pretty clean, pretty smooth races. 
But um, that brings us to the first round of stops. The first, you know, green scheduled flag, yeah. yeah green flag stops, plan stops, I guess you could say. It starts really early with Pagano coming in on lap 47, which isn't caught on TV. But then on lap 51, they have Daly coming in early. Um, you know, after he started third, but he was slipping back quite a bit. I think he was really fighting the handling of the car and wanted to come in, get fresh tires. But then right around lap 60, that's when most of these guys really started to come in to make their first stop. Yeah, I think, yeah, this was centered around lap 60. So out of the early stoppers, Jimmy Johnson and DeFrancesco, who else? Those guys decided to stretch it out a little bit. Yep. And so Jimmy ends up leading. It looks like, I don't know, 15 laps or so. Yeah. DeFrancesco is running in second. DeFrancesco peels off first, but Jimmy stretches it all the way to lap 80, I think. Goes to lap 80, yes. Just like the early guys, he did basically a 60-lap stand. It looked like 60 laps was kind of the limit on the tires. Well, so I was thinking at that point that Jimmy now, he could maybe do the race on one less stop than everybody else. But I think he was so quick on those fresh tires that they really didn't need to. I mean, he he charged up, stayed out, and then you know pitted, came out, charged again on the fresh tires later than everybody else. And was just right there with everybody. So when the next round of stops came around, it made sense to just pit with everybody, I guess. It was pretty amazing, though, that a lot of attention with his in-cars and him climbing through the order. And he was, I think he was making everybody nervous, except himself. He seemed just super cool. Yeah. I mean, I went back today and watched, they had about a 25-minute replay of his in-car. And he's just... You know, great feedback, talking, wasn't breathing hard. It was just super cool. But the, the guys on TV and, and me sitting there was just like, oh, oh my God. That, that, <laughs> yeah. If he tries that again, it's not going to work. But he was just flying. He was. And at one point, I thought, he's going to win the race. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know it was early. But still, he just, it was, it was that phenomenal. Well, and, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't able to sustain that level of competitiveness the rest of the weekend. But but kind of. Yeah. I mean, from that first spin and the yellow flag on, he was a, a top five guy. Yeah, he was consistently up there it after that. was incredible, that. yeah. Well, and he this is where he really showed it, too, was on this stint after he went long and made his first green flag stop. He kind of stole the show. I mean, this whole stint, Newgarden was about six seconds ahead of the rest of the lead. But Johnson, you know, he stayed out late. He came out of the pits 15th, lapped, unlaps himself, and then just rips through the field so that by lap 103, he's up to fifth place. And if it stays, you know, we wind up getting the yellow for Rosenquist. But if it stays green, like I was saying earlier, he has the option to pit with the leaders or continue and try to do the race on one less stop. So he was in really, really good shape here. What basically got him back onto the regular, you know, the leader strategy was the next yellow. Yeah. Uh, lap 111. Yep, and this is when Rosenquist spins and backs into the wall. So as and, you said earlier, if you got at least 20 laps on your tires and there's a yellow, you might as well come in, so yeah. Yeah, so we know everybody's going to come in, and it actually works that they're they're more or less in the fuel window here, too. They Definitely. It's, I think, lap 117 when they open the pits and everybody comes in. And so, well, everybody on the lead lap, the lappers all take the wave around and then pit you know, a couple laps later. Yeah, so let's go through this real quick. The order that on the lead lap at this point, which was basically lap 110 when uh, Rosenquist had his incident, Newgarden, then a Ward up to second. Yep. 
You got Erickson running in third, Power in fourth, Johnson fifth. Yep. McLaughlin sixth, Dixon seventh, and then VK eighth. And that's it. Nobody yeah, else is on the lead lap. Yeah. And then actually the, the next guy down, the first car on the second lap is Eilat, who... He's having a good race. He yeah. started 22nd. He topped up, or he came in under the first yellow and put on fresh tires, and yeah, now he's the first car lap down. Yeah, I mean, he's actually quietly having an incredible race, yeah. you know, with almost no oval experience. Yep. Uh, I think his only oval experience is the 500. Well, yeah, Texas. Oh, I'm Texas sorry. this year. Sorry, Texas, yeah. yeah. So, so, But anyway, it's kind of remarkable that he worked his way up into the top 10 at this point. So we don't have to go from here, but the point is, is that at this point, there's only eight guys in the lead lap. They open the pits. Those eight come in. Yep. Of course, they're all going to come in. And then we kind of look at each other and we're like, uh, well, you know what's going to happen here, right? They're going to wave them around and they're going to let them top up. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what do you think about that whole thing? Let's, let's, in, in let's a, go there. Yeah. So there's, yeah, you know, I don't like it. We're kind of purists. I'm kind of a purist and that gives, what it does is it gives everybody their lap back for free because not only do they get their lap back, they also get to pit in the past. The way it worked is you could stay out and take the wave around, but you weren't allowed to pit. So you were essentially trading, you know, the opportunity to come in and top up on fuel and get fresh tires and everything for getting your lap back. Now you get both those. So in NASCAR in NASCAR doesn't even allow their drivers to do this, right? They give one guy the lucky dog and that one driver, the first guy lap down, gets to unlap themselves and then pit with the leaders, right? And so stay on strategy. In IndyCar, we basically give everybody the lap down, the lucky dog, every time a yellow comes out. And so... It, it, well, that's also predicated on whether or not the guys in front take a pit stop. That's true. If the guys in front don't, then they don't they get don't their get lap back. Around, yeah. but, but still, and that, that actually opens the door for some strategic moves. Yeah, you know, later in the race, or was it the next race when there were only three guys in the lead lap? Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah. But, and you talked about how previously they, after the wave around, you weren't allowed to top up without a penalty. I don't remember exactly when that was. I know you're right on that. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been like this. For 10 I, years. I think 10 so. years at least. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. It, um, it definitely gives a lot more cars a chance. Yeah. But, it's, you know, whatever. Well, it's just the age old trade off of like, you know, purity versus entertainment. And I don't know. I mean, I still think that if you get lapped, that should be respected. You lost, you know, yeah. everything is centered around the start finish line in racing. And so if you get lapped, then you should have to earn, you should have to drive, you know, you should have to unlap yourself by driving for it. But right. anyways, if you elect not to, if you elect not to pit. Yeah. Right, you have a chance to unlap yourself, or maybe get a, another yellow on a restart. Then you pit with everybody else, and you got your lap back. So you yeah. don't necessarily have to go past the leader to get it back. You just have to make your fuel last. Anyway, yeah, um, that comes up another uh, more later in this in this weekend. But I thought I'd bring it up right there. Either way, the lapped guys get to come come in top up. You know, they get top up three laps later. Right, and then. So for this restart then, yeah, we got, uh, we're back up to 18 cars on the lead lap from eight cars on the lead lap and everybody is on the same fuel and tire strategy. So if it goes green from here, then everybody's got one more stop to make to get to the end, but otherwise it's a straight fight. All right. I got to, I got to say something here. So Malukas 
I'm not sure exactly how this all happened. He stopped with the leaders, it looks like. Okay. Well, probably not because he was a lap down. He stopped the next lap, but he ends up losing another lap in the pits. And I saw an interview with him today when I was watching driver interviews, and he, he was laughing off the fact that he choked on a bunch of water, had a problem in the pits. <laughs> I think he was gagging on his water bottle or something. This must have been where it is because he comes in one lap down. Yeah. <laughs> and he leaves still a lap down. I, I don't know what happened there. I, I need to dig in a little so bit. So what but do you mean? Like he he choked on the water while he was sitting in the pit? Choking, or? yeah. And that's and why he pitted? Didn't really elaborate. Okay. But either way... Something happened here with the, I don't know, I should do some more homework next time I bring this stuff up. But Yeah. But um, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to find that information. I just saw his interview and I, and this must be where, what he was talking about. Yeah. So even after this, you know, everybody gets the wave around, gets the top up. Lucas is still a lap down in 20th. Yeah. At the, at the restart. Yeah. Okay. So. I actually didn't know that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear that at all. And, I, and truthfully, watching the broadcast, I didn't pick up on that either, that he pitted twice and so wound up still or an extra lap down or just still one lap no, down? No, he only looks like he only pitted once. He just came in with the leaders. But just he was the first, I see. So he was the first car lap down when we restart. Yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I see what you mean. Well, anyways, we uh, get a restart on lap 123. Um Everybody's got one stop to make, like I said, and we're now back to 18 cars on the lead lap. It's short-lived because there's a piece of debris on lap 127 that they want to go pick up. But uh, yeah, but from there, I mean, lap 133, that restart, that is, it. you know, it looks like it's going to be a straight shot to the end. Everybody's got to make one stop, so everybody's all in the same boat fuel and tire-wise. Yeah, and at this point, you have Erickson up to second place. Uh-huh. And on the restart, he's hounded Newgarden. I mean, Newgarden looked untouchable pretty much. But Erickson, you know, for being a points leader and you'd think he might be conservative and trying to, you know, protect his lead, he was he was aggressive all weekend. Yeah. And at this point, he was he was making a move for the lead, which was which was pretty cool. Yeah. He was really going for it. He he winds up falling behind. He doesn't get the lead, and then he winds up falling behind power for third. But for a second there, it, it looked like he was, you know. He, well, he was challenging. It wasn't just yeah. that he looked like he was. I think on this stint, I mean, there's small changes in the running order, but basically everybody's trying to get to lap 183. That would be splitting the difference, you know, basically splitting the run to the end of the race in half and making your stop then. But really the pit window opens at about lap 175. And I think if you want to stretch the fuel and tires, you can go to about lap 200. So yeah, was- we're all looking at lap 183 right now, though. Yeah, well, I was really looking for, you know, when they went green at this point and we did the math and realized that everybody needs just one more stop yep. at the wide window, I was really looking forward and just hoping it was going to stay green. Yeah. And it most, you know, it was mostly green, but. Uh, well, yeah, mostly. I mean, mostly. We get to lap 165 and then Carpenter hits the wall, unfortunately. And so that brings, that that's the last sale of the day, but that is just inside of the window I mean, it's going to be a long run on tires from here, but you can make it on fuel. So, you know, everybody's going to come in for their final stop when the pits open. Exactly. And so, again, you've got, you got a wave around. Yep. And Malukas gets the wave around along with Kirkwood and Daly. Yep. So, at the restart here, with one long stint to go, you've got 19 cars on the lead lap. Yeah. It's a gift. <laughs> it's, it's a gift to the teams. 
Yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's some other fans out there that disagree with us and like that rule, but, and it's a gift to them too. But I was like, man, if you get lapped, you should have to drive back around and yeah. unlap yourself. Yeah. So this is, so, all right, here's what I want to say about this last stint though. We restart on lap 175. So that's 75 laps of green to get to the finish, right? So I don't think you really have to save that much fuel, but you know, by the end of this thing, people are just going to be sliding around all over the place on tires. I thought maybe somebody would opt to split the difference and come in in the middle of this run to the end and put on fresh tires and just see if it does anything for them. I don't think anybody did it. From this restart, I only see guys who are lapped coming into the pits, but um, I thought somebody would maybe try to go to like lap 210-ish maybe, 209, 210, put on fresh tires and then let it rip and see if they could you know, get like a net gain of position out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a legitimate, it would have been a legitimate depending on where you are on track and things like that. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. It might've been worth a try. I think the problem is that the, the Delta is almost, I think it's two laps. Yeah. I think you lose two laps. So if a yellow comes out, then you're trapped. Right. And you got to make up two laps on track, even if the yellow doesn't come. I mean, it's a long right. way to go. Yeah. But yeah, the speed difference is, is um, it was just crazy. But so straight run to the end, uh, long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of good battles on this last last run. It was 75 laps of green to the finish. So, oh, and also McLaughlin, he had the loose wheel. So he was, oh, he was running fourth. He winds up losing two laps. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice long run and it's, it's, really filled with battles the entire way to the finish. Yeah, it looks like some of the guys who, you know, push their way up, for example, Jimmy's Jimmy Johnson got himself up to 5th, running really hard. I think it looks like VK was running 6th, Grosjean in 7th. I think those guys maybe pushed their tires a little bit too hard because definitely at the end of this there were some some late changes. Well, VK hangs in there and finishes out in 5th place. He finishes out in 4th place actually. Okay, we might have to regroup on this. <laughs> well, Jimmy fades, right? Uh, not too hard. Yeah, not too hard. I mean, he does He does right at the end. He actually drops. If you look at the end of the race, he is uh, with, let's see, with 10 laps to go, he's in eighth. And then he gets passed by Erickson for ninth. And then it looks like Ray Hall for 10th. And then Lungard for 11th. And I believe that's where he winds up at the end of the first race. Yeah, so let's let's just go through this order here and, and wrap up race one. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, we finished the highvdeals.com two fifty. New Garden wins from starting second. Award winds up bringing it home second, and then Power comes home third. He was really the only one that that truly char- challenged New Garden for the lead all day. VK has a great race to bring it home fourth. Dixon fifth. Below sixth, steadily moved forward. and was actually, I think, all the way up to third or fourth at one point in this race in the final stint. He is the first guy one lap down, though, at this point. Yeah. There's only five guys on the lead lap. So Grosjean in seventh. Kind of sort of quiet and steady. So, I mean, sort of surprising for him. You know, he's such a kind of a aggressive, high-input kind of guy, and he just was steady at. He ends up in, in ends up seventh. seventh place. Yep, Erickson eighth. He uh, you know, 
he was looking really strong. He challenged for the lead at one point, like we said, but I think he also had that moment where right before Carpenter crashed, he slipped up into the marbles and went from fourth all the way back to ninth and um, couldn't quite get it going again from there. Yeah, Ray Hall up to ninth. I mean, we haven't mentioned him yet, and I almost didn't even notice him all weekend. But uh, Strong. Yeah, I'd say it's a good finish. Lungard in 10th, definitely a strong finish. Yep, Johnson Johnson brings it home 11th. Great race. I mean, minus the spin at the beginning, great race. Strong showing all around. Eilat 12th, Rossi 13th, Malukas 14th, Kirkwood 15th, Castroneva 16th, DeFrancesco 17th, Harvey 18th, Connor Daly 19th. All those guys... Uh, one lap down. That's six to nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. D- D- Dalton Keldon twentieth, three laps down. And then I'm not sure what was going on with Sato. Didn't seem to have pace right from the beginning. He ends up in twenty first, five laps down after starting ninth. McLaughlin with that problem that you mentioned before ends up twenty second. Yep. Pagano twenty third, six laps down. Yeah, he had some issues. They have him pitting five times this race. I think they okay. they had something go wrong on that car. Colton Hurd in 24th after looking so strong after the early pit stop, you know, working his way all the way up to third. I'm not sure uh, what went wrong there. A couple things. Yeah. Uh, we have it somewhere. First it seemed I mean, like he was, handling, like, you know, but. But under the yellow when Rosenquist spun, he was stuck in the box for the, this, the box for a little while, I think, with some sort of mechanical. And then Ed Carpenter in 25th with contact and Rosenquist 26th yep. also contact. Yep, and so that's the end of race one, and we get to do it all over again the next day. So these guys, I mean, you know, 250 laps, full-on intensity. I mean, they're going around a seven-eighth-mile oval at 155, 165 miles an hour. Yeah. They got to do it all the next day. I mean, how do you rest up for that? What do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, take an ice bath maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Eat a good meal. Carbo load again. Probably not have – well – Sleep in as long as you want, right? The race didn't start until later the next day, but... As long as you can. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I really don't. It's bumpy track, too. Sure, they were rattled, but... For the fans, at the track and fans on TV, it was awesome. It was awesome, yeah. And actually, this race on Sunday, I think, looked like the best crowd we've had at Iowa in years. I saw a tweet that said that Saturday was sold out, and truthfully, I don't believe it because there were definitely some empty seats, but Sunday looked like it was damn close to being sold out. Yeah, it was definitely a bigger crowd Sunday. And, um, you know, the the new suites, I, I have no idea what the count is. We could probably look that up. But it yeah. was definitely, I think it was the biggest crowd I've ever seen there. Yeah, I think so too. And they were treated to a great race. So, yeah. Well, we got 300 more laps to cover, so let's do it. Start of the race again, it looked like Newgarden and Power were going to bounce off each other. I don't think they actually touched this time, but they were both kind of putting the squeeze on each other, rolling to green. But Award goes from seventh to th- to third in the first three laps of this race, just letting it rip around the high line. You also had Takuma Sato, who had a way better qualifying spot. Yeah. And looked pretty racy early, starting in fourth. It's a little bit different look. Well, yeah. This one starts off with a pretty good green flag run i think we go let's see it looks like 120 laps before the first yellow comes out so we settle into this first stint and actually the difference between i think let me double check this the difference between three and four stops is only 15 laps i think 
Townsend Bell said on TV that it's going to be a four stopper for everyone, which means you're aiming for lap 60. But to do it on three, you only have to go to lap 75. And so I, it didn't turn out, you know, I don't think anybody actually wound up doing this race on three. But this first stint, we're all running to lap 60. And there were a couple guys that got very, very close to lap 75. And even so, like Harvey, I think, was the last one to come in on lap 73. And I was thinking at that point, why not just wait two more laps, get to 75, and at least keep the keep a clean split, you know, three-stop race option open. The degradation must have just been so severe there at the end. Yeah. That they were worried about either blowing a tire or just even completing a lap without getting run over from behind or whatever. Yeah. But obviously... It didn't work, or you would have seen more people do it. For example, you've got the two HMD car, well, the coin cars, Sato and Malukas, both make it to lap 68, 69. They were probably seriously considering it, right? And just yeah. gave up because degradation was too severe. Right. And Ray Hall did the same thing. He got to lap 69, I think. So they were considering it. But this first stint, though, the run up to the green flag stops was interesting because by lap 52, I think uh, it was still power in the lead, but they lapped Eilat in 14th. So 52 laps into the race, half the field is already lapped down. And again, I think this is kind of cool. This is like old school oval racing, watching leaders just just weave their way in and out of lap traffic. But also, this is a, a very, very wide first pit window. Daly comes in on lap 42, which is early. You can do 65 lap stints, I think, to get to the end, end of the race and make it on four stops. But... That is remarkably early considering the longest anybody went was Jack Harvey on lap 73. Uh, what is that? Like 30 more laps before you make your first stop. That's a huge first stop window. Yeah, but what was up with Daly? I mean, he started way up near the front. And when he stopped, I think he was already a lap down. So something was going on. Yeah. He just couldn't hang on anymore. I think it was just and a handling thing. He was he wanted to come in and get uh, changes to the car or something. and. Yeah, and you figure you could make that up maybe some of that distance. Like you said, you could if just 15 more laps can get you back in a different strategy. So, I don't know. Something must have been going on there. And um, looks like some other people came in early too. I mean. Yeah, well, Pagano came in also on lap 40, it looks like. And then Castroneves too. But then really the... Uh, or no, sorry. And then it wasn't until lap 52 that Castroneves came in, which led to most of the field coming in right around lap 60, 61, 62. At this point, though, all the way up to lap 61, when, when pretty much everybody started to pit, you still had Sato in fourth place. Yeah. And he was nowhere to be seen on Saturday. So that was kind of cool, you know, to have a new contender, not really know what, you know, what might happen. I mean, we've seen him do all kinds of stuff. Uh, in the past and get wins out of nowhere. So even though it was, it was kind of Penske domination still with power leading new garden right there, it just had a little bit of a different look about it. Yeah. And Johnson had come up to uh fourth after we cycle out of these stops. So, you know, not by spinning and putting on fresh tires either, just by pure driving. <laughs> so we get through the first round of stops uh, power leads this entire first stint, right? And so after Saturday, we all know that Newgarden is is the favorite for the weekend. He's going to be really tough to beat. But he follows power all the way through the first stint. Um, it's really cool watching the two of them dice through traffic, actually. F- 
follows him into the pits. They both come in on the same lap and then they come out of the pits side by side and Power actually kind of squeezes Newgarden down into the wall. And so they leave the pits still with Power leading and Newgarden in second. They're almost side by side, actually, because Newgarden has to stay in the slow lane. There's no room in the fast lane because Power's already there. They are side by side. Yeah. yeah. And the track starts to curve. Newgarden has a little bit of a shorter shorter radius and, and kind of makes up a couple feet there in pit lane. It looked like he might pass him at the uh, pit out. Yeah, but I think, but, yeah, it did. But then if you look, so the first time I watched it, I didn't pick up on it because they had they were in Newgarden's onboard camera and they were kind of swiveled over to the right pointing at power. And the scoring ticker was blocking the left side of the screen. But I power, like, I mean, he pinched Newgarden down to the inside wall there. I think they had stayed the way they were. If Newgarden didn't back out, he would have hit the wall. Like, Power's pushing him all the way into it. So that's how he's able to hold on to the lead coming out of the pits. It's hard racing. Definitely. Yeah, so then we settle into this next run to the second round of stops. Everybody's aiming for... I think everybody's aiming for about lap 120, right? If they all centered their first stop around lap 60. On lap 83, and I guess lap 84, Newgarden takes the lead from power. They have about a one-lap battle, and then he's back to the front. So award solid in third there. And you got Jimmy Johnson in fourth at this point. Yep. And uh, Erickson fifth. McLaughlin in sixth. Dixon in seventh. Rosenquist eighth. VK ninth. And Herda in tenth. Yeah, so at this point in the race, then we're running to, we're aiming for right around lap 120 to do the race on four stops. And watching it live, I still thought guys were going to stretch it and try to do the race on three. So that would be aiming for about lap 150. But I think on this stint, the run to the second round of stops, the most notable thing I saw was Erickson and Johnson battling for fourth, which, you know, they wind up battling for most of the race. But here it was really important because. You know, Erickson had caught up to Johnson and then was stuck behind him for about 20 laps, I want to say. And Newgarden and Power were coming up really quickly. So both these guys were in danger of going a lap down. And, and I think that probably made, you know, I think Erickson probably felt a little bit more of a sense of urgency with Newgarden coming up behind him to put him a lap down. He finally gets around Johnson on lap 100. And then he actually started matching the leader's lap times. He was the only one matching power in Newgarden's times at this point in the race. So, you know, we're only 100 laps into a 300-lap race, but I was kind of thinking Erickson might be a contender at the end of this thing. But, um, you know, we're aiming for... We're we're looking for the second round of green flag stops. Rossi and Lungard actually come into the pits on lap 115, but then on lap 121... Kirkwood goes up into the marbles and hits the wall and, and uh, brings out the first yellow of the day. Yeah, that was too bad, but a great run. I mean, 120 laps of action to start the race. Yeah, that's unfortunately, awesome. Unfortunately, Kirkwood, after you know keeping it, keep, keeping it clean and having a good finish on Saturday, has another incident. So we get to the yellow there. Everybody's going to come in, obviously, right? You right. No choice. I mean, yeah, this is right in the window. I mean... 20 laps into his stint is in the tire window, but this is right in the fuel window where they're stopping almost exactly on time. Right. So at this point, there's four cars on the lead lap, right? <laughs> they had just lapped Jimmy Johnson in fifth. Yeah. So here, here's what I was talking about, though. If a team might strategize somehow later. So I wish I knew exactly where the, where the cars were on track. I, I think power was still very close to Newgarden at this point. So almost every car who was a lap down 
was probably behind Power, who was in second. Yeah. I'm not real clear. I'm not sure where Jimmy was. But if Newgarden goes, comes into the pits, Power can stay out. Right, and block the guys from taking the wave around. Block everybody from taking the wave around. That's true. And later in the season, it might be, you know, depending on where everybody stands in the points, it, I guess, potentially could be worth it. I, I You know, the way IndyCar stays away from team orders for all kinds of reasons, I, I don't know that that'll ever happen. Yeah. But there is a there is an opportunity there for team orders to significantly alter people's races. So, but at this point, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's every man for himself. So we go into this yellow with four cars on the lead lap. That's New Garden, Power, Award, been looking strong, and Erickson, Erickson, you know, kind of starting to fly high like you just mentioned. Yep. We come out of the yellow with 16 cars on the lead lap. So... I don't think anything else needs to be said about the rule. I don't really like it, but it's yeah, it's there, and everybody takes advantage of it, and we settle into, you know, we get into another really good stint here. Get the restart on lap 133, and I think this is where Award was starting to show himself as potentially being faster than power. And really, we're running to now the third round of stops, which I think should occur right around, right around lap, 200 i think or a little less or, than 200 yeah they could but, get to 190 and still be in still be in their window no problem yeah well Herta leads off he comes in on lap 188 so then we run to the third round of stops which all occur under green um Herta leads it off on lap 188 award undercuts power for second on lap 199 which doesn't necessarily seem like it at the time but turns out to be a huge move with regards to the end of the race uh, McLaughlin undercuts Dixon and Erickson. And then on lap 209, Daly is actually kind of surprisingly the last one to come in and closes the pit window there just before lap 210. And I say that's surprising because earlier in the race, he had only gone, you know, he was the shortest to run. He would only go until, you know, lap 49 or lap 50 or whatever it was. They do the opposite this time. Yeah, I think if you're in back and, and, you know, Everybody has enough fuel, right? It's all about tire deck. I think you just hang on for the extra laps if you can, because lots of times in these pit exchanges, a yellow can come out. I mean, you know, people coming in and out of the pits, cold tires, worn tires, getting in each other's way. Lots of times that'll bring a yellow. So if you're if you're still out there, even though you really don't belong in the league group for whatever reason, and a yellow comes out, it's just a total kicker. Yeah. He's he's running around the longest. He's up in, in seventh place. If a yellow comes out at that point, he's going to be on the lead lap in the top 10. That's true. Yeah, and I mean, these guys, let's see. They had about 10 to 15 laps on their tires, so I don't know if that would bring anybody else in with him, but but yeah. It's and Rossi, again, Rossi stays out, kind of probably the same idea, right? Yeah, definitely. But so then, you know, from there... We're inside of 100 laps to go, and we get into the run to the final round of stops. By lap 218, the leaders have lapped all the way back up to seventh place, it looks like. And then just right before the final round of stops are going to start, very dramatically, cameras are pointing right at it. Something breaks in Newgarden's right rear suspension, and he rockets up into the wall, crashes out from the lead of the race. I mean, he was untouchable too. You yeah, know, he was, it was it was a shocker. He just was looking so good, and uh, what a scary thing, you know, suspension break and nothing you can do about it. But 
It definitely changed the complexion of the race. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like at the time it blew the race wide open because yeah. I was looking at everybody behind him at that point, <laughs> which you, you go by the way they crossed the line the lap before he was leading, but then you have, so he crashes out. Then you have O'Ward could win the race. You have Power. He's been char- challenging for the lead. He could win the race. Who knows? McLaughlin could do it. Dixon is in fifth at this point, and uh, he started all the way back in 18th. So he is ripped through the field, and you're thinking, okay, he might have the pace to win the race. And then you've got Erickson there who had challenged for the lead you know, earlier this weekend. You're thinking he might win the race. And then, of course, there's Johnson also. And we don't know what Johnson's going to do, but he's looked so good at points. It's like, man, what if Johnson somehow does it also? So, yeah, so it really... It really blew the race wide open, I thought, even though Award pretty much led from the restart to the finish. So he did lead from the restart to the finish. At that point, when the yellow came out, I was like, man, any of these guys who are on the lead lap right now, I think any of any one of them could make a charge for the lead. I totally agree with you. It was it was um, definitely edge of the seat restart. Yeah, definitely. Which, yeah, comes on lap 249. So we're just about... Uh, just you know, just over a clean fifty laps to the finish here. Yeah, and with the wave arounds, we we got a fifty lap sprint with 12, 12 guys on the lead lap. Yeah, and it's Award ahead of Power, then Dixon restarting in third. Yep, McLaughlin fourth, Erickson fifth. Wait, what did I miss? Johnson sixth. Johnson, Johnson sixth. Grows on seventh. Yeah, Herta eighth, Malukas ninth. Eilat, 10th, Sato, 11th, and Rosenquist, 12th. 12th on the lead lap, yeah. So really, yeah, I mean, almost any of those guys were kind of in the, you know, potential winners at that point. Yeah, but we get into this last stint. Nobody needs to come in again, and I don't think, you know, 50 laps, there was never a point where I was thinking somebody would try to come in and split the difference and go for the fresh tires. A lot happens on this stint, actually. I don't know if we need to cover all of it, but like, you know, Johnson and Erickson have a great fight. Um, I think Sato sort of charges up at the beginning, burns out his tires and fades. You know, it's action packed to the finish. But battles with Malukas, wheel to wheel, you know, some hard driving there for a number of laps, which was super intense. Yeah, they bounced off each other at one point. (laughs) It's like, man, wouldn't know these guys are teammates by. By the way, they were racing against each other. Yeah, I mean, that then brings us to the end of the race. I don't know if we need to go into the specifics of that last stint. No, let's just go down the running order here. I mean, Johnson does end up getting around Erickson for fifth. I guess that's pretty significant. Top five spot, his best finishing yet. Yep. And uh, that was definitely significant. So, yeah, let's just go down the order. All right, so Award winds up bringing it home from starting seventh. And he wins this thing by, it looks like, about five seconds or something. So he was, you know, pretty clearly, I think, once they got into lap traffic, he was able to slice through it a little bit better than, than Will Power. But Power brings it home second. Both those guys, you know, Power didn't get the win either day, but he looked really, really good all weekend. He was right there both races. Um, and award the same thing, you know. Once on Saturday, it never really looked like he had a shot. It was kind of all Power and New Garden, but... Award was solidly right there all day on Saturday, and then he shows up on Sunday and picks up the win with Newgarden crashing out. Nothing to add to that. McLaughlin's solid in third, a podium. You know, after looking good on Saturday, but having his issues late. Yep. Ends up climbing up to third with that restart pass on Dixon late, which kind of hurt me because I had a little bit of money on Dixon <laughs> to get a top three. Yeah. But 
Ed Dixon was knocking on the door too, but Dixon brings it home fourth and he came way through the field on this race, started 18th. Um, and like I said, you know, going into the last restart, I thought there was a chance that he would get up there and challenge for the lead. And again, Jimmy Johnson in fifth. We talked about that. Erickson in sixth after a great weekend. I mean, aggressive driving, you know, the points leader, I guess there's a time and a place to take it easy and time to charge. But it looked like to me, like on the restarts and anytime there was a challenge for position, you know, Erickson was going for it. So he did enough to maintain his points lead. Still the points leader. Gets two good finishes. Yep. Rosenquist in seventh, bouncing back nicely after hitting the wall on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him on Saturday, how he lost the car like that. I mean, I think he just lost it, but he was looking pretty good on Saturday too. So seventh place isn't bad for him. But Malukas, man, 18th, just another. I mean, he's been on a roll recently. Yeah, and he's just getting better and better. <laughs> Not 18th, 8th. 8th. <laughs> started, where did he 14th. start in his 14th? Okay, Grosjean in ninth, another good you know, sort of middle of the pack. Well, top half of the pack, but another quiet, kind of calm, steady race. Yeah. And leads the, I think he led the Andretti's in both races, right? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. No, none of the Andretti's finished ahead of him. Yeah. Strong showing. Sato brings it home 10th from starting fourth. <laughs> he had that great wheel to wheel battle with Malukas and he actually had a pretty eventful full final stint, but, um, you know, he had a good starting position on Sunday and he kept it around there for most of the day. And then I lot in 11th. I forget where he started race one on Saturday. Might have been back in 20 something or other, right? Yeah. But, but from the, from that first stint on, I mean, he was pretty much top half of the field the rest of the weekend, which is really impressive. Small one car team, almost no oval experience. You know, I ran better than I think he was high as eighth in this race on Sunday, maybe eighth in both races, but. Really, really good weekend for those guys. Yeah, it's a good weekend for him. Herta brings it home 12th. I think he was up and down. You know, he he really let it rip on a couple of these stints, particularly early on when he came in for those fresh tires on Saturday, like right at the beginning of the Saturday race. But, you know, he ran at the front for a lot of it, but he winds up 12th on this one, a lap down. Yeah, and Alex Pelot a lap down. I don't know if I ever... Have we ever said that before? I mean, <laughs> there's no way. I Yeah, no, but, I really, I mean... I think I I don't think I wound up putting him in my fantasy lineup, but I just figured that he'd be solid. He'd you know bring it home, which he did. But it's just it's weird to see like you know thirteenth is a good finish for a lot of guys in the top half of the field, but for Pelot, it's like what's wrong, man? Yeah, but I, I guess Saturday's result I forget where he was now. I think it might have been top five. Not not a terrible weekend. No, yeah, he but was sixth on Saturday. Sixth on Saturday. Thirteenth on Sunday. Probably very disappointed on Sunday to, to lose that lap and you know not be able to contend. Yeah, he'll uh, be fine gra- though. <laughs> yeah, Graham Ray Hall in fourteenth again. Didn't really notice him. I don't think those guys had the car all weekend, and he just you know kind of slogged it through. Ends up finishing in fourteenth, which isn't terrible, but started twenty third. You know, out of twenty sixth. Yeah, didn't so. get a lot of TV time. Well, De Francesco finishes fifteenth, which I think is. Pretty good for him. He started all the way back in 25th. I agree there. Connor Daly in 16th, started third. Probably was hoping for a way better result. Definitely. But that went away so early in both these races. I mean, right from the drop of the green flag, it seemed like he wasn't happy with how the, um, you know, the, the race pace of the car was. And so both races, he was one of the first in and the early round of stops. And I think, you know, despite the good qualifying, they were chasing that all weekend. So I think, 
the format, we didn't even talk about it. It was sort of strange. You had one long practice. Yeah. Right. One qualifying session where each, each lap, one, each of the two laps determined your start position for each of the two races and then two races. That was it. So depending on what you were focusing on, on the opening session, you know, my get, I guess where I'm going with this is maybe they spent too much time working on qualifying setup. Could be. Cause they, they qualified great. Yeah. But just didn't seem to have it in the races. Yeah. Well, Ed Carpenter finishes 17th right behind him. Uh, and then Rossi 18th and VK 19th. So Rossi, I don't know, man. I mean, Andretti cars obviously just didn't really have it. Yeah. But he, I was surprised. I thought that he would be pushing a little bit harder and just, you know, we've seen him at times just kind of, especially some of these ovals. I'm, I think it might've even been at Iowa a couple of years ago where he was a lap down, almost won the race, driving around the leader and chasing everybody down. So I don't know, maybe he's checked out at Andretti. Maybe he's decided, you know, it's just not worth it. They're not sharing the info with him. They're not, who knows what's going on there, but I was surprised to see him bottom half of the field all weekend long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. VK 19th, though, I mean, he was fourth on Saturday. He looked really strong, but on Sunday, he started eighth, and I don't think he ever really went forward. I think he was just kind of slipping around mid-pack for most of it. Wins him 19th. My guess is people made some dramatic setup changes because, you know, after qualifying, we mentioned earlier, they were impounded. They couldn't, they could only do a couple little things to their setup before the Saturday race. Yeah. But all that was lifted for Sunday, so... Guys maybe took a couple swings and just missed. Oh, well, and they all—they were also dealing with, I think, a pretty dramatic difference in track temperature from day to day. Saturday, it was blazing hot. Like, I think air temp was in the mid-90s. And then Sunday, it came down to about a high of 83, I'm pretty sure. You know, that's a pretty significant difference. I mean, like in, in go-karts at Newcastle, when it's cooler like that, it is really tough to keep the rear of the cart underneath you. And then as soon as it warms up without making any setup changes or anything, it's like driving a completely different cart. All of a sudden the balance is like right back to center. So, yeah. So these guys, they knew what the weather different, you know, they knew the weather. So they probably took a few shots and not all of them worked out. My guess is that they just missed. Yeah. uh, For VK. Yeah. Jack Harvey, 20th, uh, good starting spot in both races, but he didn't really stay there at all. No, but RLL has just had a tough time, and at least they at least they started up near the front yeah. for their title sponsor High race. V yeah, on the car, yeah. Castro Nevis brings it home 21st from starting 24th. He made six stops in this race. I think they had, I actually think they said this on TV at some point. They had something that they had to bring him in an extra time for, so tough weekend for that whole team. He had some penalties, improper pit entry on lap 62, stop and go, failure to listen to IndyCar direction, <laughs> stop and go on lap 64. <laughs> so, man, you know, I was clicking back and forth for all the in-car radios, and, and I wish I would have been on that one. Yeah. But didn't catch that, but it's right there in the penalty summary. Yeah, and his teammate, Pagino, is two spots behind him in 23rd with Kellett in between, 22nd. Newgarden, 24th. Man, tough, you know. He was, I think he was poised to take the lead in the championship. Yep. And looked flawless. I mean, looked unbeatable and then just had that that rear right right rear go on him. Yeah, he led 148 laps. I mean, almost the entire first half of the race was his. Well, he was following power, but I mean, he led half of the lap count, just under half the lap count. And I mean, 
he was the fastest all weekend. He really should have won both races and just a, you know, freak mechanical failure, it seems like. But his interview after he crashed out was pretty remarkable. I mean, he was, you could tell that he was shaken. He was very upset and everything, but just delivered like the classic Penske driver interview, I want to say, where he was like, man, this never happens to me. You know, my team always puts together a good car and everything and we'll bounce back. We'll be better for it. Yeah. And then after the, I guess after that interview, he collapsed. And so obviously took a really hard knock. I don't know if he's going to be clear to drive at Indianapolis, but my guess is he'll be ready to go. If not, we get to see Santino Ferrucci and Penske. And Penske. That's going to be, yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought? But Well, that's what we were saying before we started recording. It's like, we know Ferrucci's fast. And so be cool to see what he can do in that car. But he's definitely not your stereotypical clean cut Penske driver. No, but he's legit, man. The guy, you know. Yeah. He's been incredible as a, as a, a one-off driver for a bunch of teams. Yep. And was great when he was the regular driver for, for coin. And so... That'll be interesting to see. Well, I don't think we're going to see it. I think I think we're going to. I think New Garden's going to be okay, but only time will tell. Yeah, but that's a tough. Just to put a cap on it, that is a really tough end to a weekend that New Garden really should have dominated. I mean, he was just class of the field both days, and then to have it end like that, uh, mechanical failure, and then also you know collapsing in the parking lot, and everything. That's a tough way to leave oh, Iowa. It's brutal, but at least he's still third in the standings. It's a tough guy, and yeah, he is. Yeah. All right, well, Kirkwood ends up 25th after his incident, and Lungard... Yeah, Lungard had the mechanical. They caught it on TV. He dropped out, uh, I think, lap pretty early in the race. Lap 112 is... You know, or 112 laps are what they have him completing. So that is the running order for Sunday. All right, well, let's just... Let's breeze through the points here real quick. Yeah, we should because it's tightened go. up. Erickson yeah. still got the lead, but Power is now there in second, just eight points back. And Newgarden is still there in third, although he's 34 points back, which is tied with, with Dixon. I guess they're both technically third, 34, 34 points back. Yeah, five races to go. I mean, it's still wide open for those yeah. guys. And then right behind them, actually, Pato with the big win and a solid weekend is only two more points behind those guys. So yeah. looks like uh, 36 points back award. Then a little bit of a gap. Polo at 359. Yep, so that's 44 back. And then McLaughlin in seventh with 317. He's probably, you know, I don't think he's a contender to be a champion at this point, but yeah. still, seventh in the standings. Yeah, he's having a great season. He's having a great season. A couple wins. Hurd has made up some ground lately, up to eighth. Rosenquist, ninth. Rossi, tenth. Yep. Passionot, eleventh. Man, those, um, that team. Meyer Shank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Meyer Shank cars, tough weekend. Yeah. It just didn't get much. Yeah, well, I mean, it's gonna be an interesting run to the finish. We've got let's see one, two, three, four, just five late races left. We're back on the Indy Road course this coming weekend, sharing the weekend with NASCAR, and then it's Nashville, uh, Gateway, Portland, and Laguna Seca, and then we'll crown a champion. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to Indy on Saturday. I need to to get back into it and um be there live. So coming right up. Yep. Well, cool. I think that'll do it. All right. For the outro, I have a an Iowa native from Sioux city, the legendary Tommy Bolin lived a, um, a short, well, I don't know much about his life, but here's a song from him from 1976. Outro Tommy Bolin, shake the devil.
from 1976. Yeah, rip it. Thanks for listening. Stand face to face with the devil